Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody, to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the bane of my existence. Raise your hand if you have been in a meeting that didn't matter. Think about it. You're sitting there, there's tons of talking, and there's nothing getting done. Or have you been in a meeting where you've been meeting and meeting and meeting, and you look back, and it is six months later, and you still have not accomplished the goal? Yes, we nurses know the struggle. We know the struggle of sitting in meetings where people are not paying attention and things are not getting done. And today, that ends with this episode. That's right. It ends with this episode. Today, we're going to talk about meetings that matter. So whether you run the meetings or whether you're in meetings, you are going to learn today how to have the perfect meetings, what that structure looks like, and we're going to provide you with some tools so that you are making those meetings count and you are not wasting your time and you are getting the outcomes that you have been looking for. So are you ready? All right, so if you're driving, this is an episode that you might want to listen to now and then come back to and take some notes. Again, we'll have some templates that I'll share with you at the end of today's podcast, but definitely this is going to be one where you're going to want to take notes after you have listened. So what you're going to learn today is we're going to talk about, number one, how to determine if you really even need the meeting. I remember sitting in many meetings as an executive, as a director, and I was like, okay, somebody's telling me I need to go to this meeting, but while I'm here, I'm like, did I really need to be here? I had so many other things to do. We're gonna talk about, does this really need to happen or could it have been a phone call, something else? If you do need to have the meeting, we're gonna talk about the five rights. No, not the five rights of medication administration. We're gonna talk about the five rights of having a meeting. Next, we are gonna talk about the meeting agenda. We're going to talk about making sure that it's action-oriented and results-driven. And then lastly, we're going to make sure that these combos that we have in these meetings are productive, that we have accountability, and that we have follow-up. So you don't have people coming to the meeting, coming to the meeting, and they're not getting their action items done. So that's what's in store for us today. Why don't we go ahead and dig right in? Step one, let's decide if the meeting even needs to happen. So sometimes I've found that it's really about you empowering your staff. So if you're the nurse leader, sometimes you need to empower your staff to be able to make those decisions or to come up with recommendations outside of the meeting. So a lot of times our staff will feel like they have to have us there as leaders, or we as nurse leaders will feel like, you know, we have to have our bosses at the table when we're making these decisions. And a lot of times we hire people to make these decisions not on not for us, right? We are hiring them because they have a skill set that we need and we need to tap into that skill set. So we want to make sure number 1 that we are empowering our people to make decisions and to come up with recommendations outside of the meeting. Some things you want to ask yourself about the meeting, this is whether you're the leader running the meeting or you're somebody attending the meeting is number 1 is this meeting needed? Explain to me why. Why do we need to have this meeting? Why can it be done in an alternative way? Why can't it be done on email, phone call, somebody making a decision? Talk to me about why we need to have this meeting. Second of all, ask yourself, what other ways can we solve this, right? So if there's a problem going on, what other ways can we solve 
this problem. Now, if it's a one-time meeting and you know we're meeting once and then the meeting is going to be done, that's one story. But if it's a recurring meeting, ask yourself, is it still beneficial? Is this something that we need to continue having? If we've been having this meeting for six months and we still don't have those outcomes that we're looking for, what's going wrong? What is it that we're not doing? Is there another way to handle this? Number two, if it's recurring, you know, we want to see if it's still beneficial. Look at the people in the meeting. If you're not sure, if you're just like, I think this is beneficial, but I'm not sure. Look at how people are responding in that recurring meeting. Are people on their phones? Do they look sleepy? Are they having side combos? Are they, you know, getting up and leaving early or coming late? Those are all indications that the meeting is not a valuable use of their time. It's indications that they might not need to be there. So what would happen if you canceled the meeting? Let's think about that. Think about a meeting that you've been in recently that you're not sure it's a recurring meeting. You're not sure if it's something that you should stay in. What would happen had you canceled that meeting and attempted to solve it in another way? Sometimes it's not that we need to stop those recurring meetings completely. Sometimes we just need to pivot. So has it gotten the results we needed? No. Okay, then it's time to pivot the purpose of this meeting or it's time to pivot that goal or it's time to pivot the strategy around obtaining that goal. So again, we're going to ask, is this meeting needed? Is it an important meeting? Sometimes it's an important meeting, but it's not an important meeting for me. So sometimes there are things that need to occur in those departments, and although it is super important information, super important meeting, it is not an important meeting for me to spend my time for me to be there. I'm going to empower somebody else to be there. Ask yourself this question. What am I giving up by attending this meeting? So we tend to fill up our schedules as nurse leaders, meetings, 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 and or other people tend to fill up our, our schedule, meetings, meetings, meetings. And we have to ask ourselves, what am I giving up? Are you giving up that time that you need to be creative and think about solutions? Are you giving up the time that you need to actually do your own work? What are you giving up by attending? Are there other pressing priorities that are more important than that meeting? So sometimes a meeting is, you know, recurring, something that you just tend to go to, you're kind of mindless and not even thinking about it. But is there something pressing? Is there another priority that you need to really be focusing on? Another question to ask yourself is what ways can I contribute without being in the meeting? So how can you remove yourself, continue to contribute, but not have to sit through the entire meeting? Sometimes it's a matter of delegating it to somebody else. Sometimes it's a matter of as a leader, you just make the call. You need to make the call. It's one of those executive decisions kind of calls. An example is, you know, traditionally when I'm looking at unit-based care teams or I'm looking at shared governance. I want to have my entire team there, right? They, I want them all there. I want them present. I want them making the decisions and leading that meeting. However, when the pandemic happened, I didn't have time to bring in the whole team. My executive decision was we are going to be stopping the OR and we are going to be bringing those nurses and training them to be some backups for the floor nurses. So it was that, that was an emergency type of situation where as a leader, I needed to make the call. It wasn't time and nor appropriate for me to have a meeting at that point until I came out to, to share with the staff what the next moves were going to be. If you established the meeting longer than six months ago, I want you to ask yourself today, do you need to continue? And I want you to give yourself permission to say no. Somebody might say, you have to be at that meeting. You have to be there because of whatever. You have the ability to say no. Your time, you design your time and you can select when you feel you need to be there and politely say no and then explain why you're not gonna be there. So what is that pressing 
issue or it's not something that's important for me to be there or I'm going to delegate somebody else or it's just not a great use of my time or I think we need to reconsider this meeting. It's not getting us what we need it, it to get us. So that's step one, deciding if you even need to have the meeting. Now, let's say we've gone through all that and we're like, yes, Chris, we do need to have the meeting. Let's talk about how to make it the best meeting possible. We're going to talk about the five rights of the meeting. So what are the five rights you ask? They are, do we have the right people there? Is it in the right location? Are we doing it at the right time and within the right time interval? Is it the right length? And is this the right goal for this meeting? So we're going to talk about each of those now. If we have people there at the meeting, what does that mean for the organization? So think about it. Average call, like for quality, I'm going to give you an example, a quality call can last maybe two to three hours, right? So Let's say we have a two to three hour meeting and we are having this meeting once a month. In a typical quality type call, we're going to have the chiefs of medicine there. Uh, we're going to have some executives there. We're going to have staff there. We're going to you know, have directors, nurse leaders. We might have the quality director and a variety of other people. What do you think the cost of that meeting is? Let's think about financially the salaries of those people, two to three hours every month, all combined, what is the cost of that meeting? Let's think about otherwise. What could those people have been doing instead of being in that meeting that may have contributed to better patient outcomes, to you know better teamwork, those kind of things? So you want to think about what actually is the cost of this meeting and does it make sense in terms of who we have there for the right people, right? Do we really need to have all of those people in that meeting to get the goal done that we that we want to move on to? So Number one, you want to think about how to minimize who's there. You don't always have to have every single person there. Sometimes you can have the meeting and then have a communication chain to get the information to the people that you need. So yes, we went ahead and we decided who's there. Now, here are a couple things that you can do to decide who should be there. So really easier said than done, right? I'm saying go ahead and minimize people and you're thinking, I'm going to chop, you know, everybody off the chopping block and it's going to be two people there. But let's be, let's take a strategic approach around who really should be there. So you want to ask yourself a couple questions. One is, what is the agenda and what is the goal of the meeting? The people that should be there are the stakeholders in that goal. And so the stakeholders are going to be the decision makers. Who is it that you need buy-in from? So the people that are going to say, yes or no, this is the green light, you're going to do this, or no, you're not going to do that. You need to decide, is it a working meeting or is it a planning meeting? If it's a working meeting, then we need the workers there, right? We're going to need the frontliner. We're going to need whoever it is that's going to be doing that work. But if it's a planning meeting, let's say we're putting together a plan for staff and putting together a plan, then it's going to be representatives of that group and not necessarily the workers um, that will need to be there. You need to also consider any legalities. Is there any ethical dilemmas that we need to have in there? Do we need an ombudsman in there? Do we need legal? Do we need finance? Do we need HR? Do we need the union? Um, so who is it that we need to have in there in terms of what the topics of the meeting are? You also want to include information holders. So these are the people that have the insight into whatever topic it is. These are the ones that are going to be able to give you some of that background. And then lastly, you're going to need the people that are going to be needing this information to do their job. Um, So sometimes those people might be in the meeting. Sometimes you might have um, a discussion around how you can communicate to that to the larger staff if it's a larger body of staff. But you want to be sure that you're asking all those questions so that you are making the most efficient use of the people that are there and their time. So that was stage two. So now we're going to go to step three, which is the right time. 
does this need to be a one-off meeting? Can we do it once, twice? Maybe we, you know, do it for four weeks. Or does it need to be a recurring? And again, ask yourself, why? Why does it need to be one offer? Why do we need to have four of these meetings? Why do we need to have six of these meetings? So you want to ask yourself a few more questions. What ways are you spending time in that meeting that's helpful, but not the best use of your time? So maybe it's helpful. Maybe I was able to give a little bit of insight, but it probably wasn't the best use of your time. Do we need to continue having these? Another question is, is it all report out? So you know you've all been in those meetings where it's just report out, report out, report out. Is there another way that that information can be distributed? Can we get status updates? Can we get an email? Think about what is not adding value and what is not adding actions or goals to where you're trying to get in that meeting. So if what you are doing in there is just kind of discussing, but you're just not getting anywhere, there's no action items being discussed, there's no goal that's really clear, there's no steps to getting to that goal, that's a problem. So we wanna look at, making sure when you're in those meetings in terms of the right time, if it's one-off, if it's recurring, what actions are needed to be taken to get to the goal and how can we do that in the smallest way possible? Now, common thing for nurse leaders to do is to have their schedules and their calendars filled up with meetings. I know, I remember looking back in my chief nurse executive days and I'm not exaggerating, sometimes I had like 42 hours worth of meetings in my week. And so I remember even asking a mentor of mine, like, is this normal? Or like, how am I supposed to do my work when I have 42 hours of meetings scheduled by other people? And, you know, the feedback was you choose where you go. You choose which ones you need to go into. So what I learned was that it's really important to prearrange your meeting times for the week. So look at your week, look at week by week for the entire month and block out meeting times and let your If you have an assistant, let your assistant know, hey, we're only blocking in this, we're only scheduling meetings during this time. Or for others that are trying to meet with you, say, hey, my my availability is, and then you give them that time that you have blocked out for your meeting times. Only schedule meetings into that time. Don't schedule your meetings outside of the time. Sometimes we have um, a time where I'd put like one or two hours a week where it was just for me to either do catch up or maybe check emails or most of the time it was really for planning. So I left that time there for planning. And it was super easy for my admin to call me and say, hey, can I use that time? Because it didn't look like there was something, you know, like a meeting that was scheduled. And I'd say, no, absolutely not. That time is my meeting time for myself. And that meeting time for myself is just as important as my meeting time with other people. So do not let things creep into um, the time that you have planned for creative networking or development or any of that other stuff. Make sure you prearrange your meeting time. You want to make sure that you also schedule other things into your meeting, like having white space, personal development, those kind of things. You know that the time you give for meetings will be taken. So I tend to opt for less time blocks than more time blocks for those kind of meetings. So if I tell my admin, you know, um, here is three hours every single day for meetings or four hours every single day for meetings, I guarantee you those every three or four hours every day is going to be taken up for meetings. But if I give her less, She's able to accommodate and make sure that what I need to get is gets on my schedule, not what other people think that I need to have on my schedule. So that is step three. Now we're going to move on to step four, which is the right location. Traditionally, we have meetings and we think, let's all go to a conference room. We're going to go have them. But now in the days of COVID, we're seeing that they could be virtual. So sometimes we have conference rooms. Sometimes we can think of it as being virtual. 
I tend to like virtual meetings for some reasons and dislike them for other reasons. So they're great because we can get people across, you know, all over the nation and the world into these meetings when we need to have those kind of conversations. Not so great when everybody turns their camera off and you're not able to have that interaction or see if they're even listening. You might want to think about other outside virtual and conference meetings. So could this be a walking meeting? Could it be a meeting that we can have at a restaurant or something that we can have over lunch? You want to add variety to your meetings, especially when it's time to be creative. So think about all of the problems that you have going on in your facilities and your unit. Think about all of, all of those things are going to require creativity. So when you're looking at solutioning, let's say, for example, you'll have cotty issues or problems with um, something. Maybe you're working in a school of nursing and you're having problems with whatever it is, curriculum. You want to think about having your people in creative space so that they could produce creative solutioning to those problems. So a lot of times when it comes to me needing my people to be productive or creative, I'm going to say, let's take this on a walking meeting. Let's walk, let's take a walk outside. Let's have our one-on-one outside. Let's really get creative. Let's do this somewhere non-traditional, not a typical conference room. Some ways to decide the location that you want to have your uh, meeting at is going to be things like, number one, privacy and confidentiality of the topic, right? So if you're talking about performance improvement of an employee, that's not going to be appropriate to have that meeting on a walk where other people would hear you, right? It might not even be appropriate to have it in a conference. It might be, you know, you'll have that meeting in your your office or in that employee's office. You need to think about note-taking and documentation. So if you're working in a licensed space or an accredited space, you know you have to have certain meeting notes and meet and minutes um, for accreditation purposes. So in that case, a walking meeting may not be appropriate. You might want to do a virtual or conference room. And then lastly is, again, how creative and solutioning do you need to have them done? Those those I would tend to not have on Zoom, and I would tend to not have those um, in a conference room. I would tend to have them outside, even if it's literally a park across the street. You know, So you can think of different hotel rooms or all these other things that we can have outside meetings at. But really, if, if budget is an issue, you still want to get them outside of the regular daily work so that we can get that creativity stepped up. Step five is going to be the right length. So how many of you, raise your hand, you can raise your hand no matter what you're doing. How many of you just get one hour meetings slapped on your calendar all the time, right? Every meeting standard one hour. We all know that the amount of time you give something, the entire space will take that, right? So how many of you have been to a meeting that you know could have taken 15 minutes, but because we had an hour, we sat there belaboring the issue, right? So we want to think about the right length. That's going to be determined by a lot of factors, right? So it's really going to be dependent on creating that agenda, making sure that you have a template. And we'll talk about the agenda in a few minutes. Now, think about the overall gang goal and the actions of it. If it's a quick report out, so let's say, for example, we're working on a project and I really just need to give the people that are doing the work or my leadership a report out. Consider using a stoplight report. So you would, for example, let's take a department and In that department, we are working on um, a new algorithm for lactation. I'm making it for breastfeeding, right? We're trying to get exclusive breastfeeding. We're going to use a stoplight report, which has green, yellow, and red. So think green, yellow, and red like a stoplight. And for each component of us trying to work on that lactation exclusive breastfeeding, um, maybe there's four different things that are going on, right? So maybe one is... um, educating the nurses on how to do the discharge planning. And another one is something to do with the lactation nurse. And then another one is something to do with the outpatient nurses. 
if that item has been completed, you're going to label it green. So whatever that item is, that action item that's associated with getting us to the goal, green means it's completed. Yellow means it's a work in progress and you want to discuss any holdups or any type of help that might be needed in that section. And then red is stoplight, just do not pass go. I can't complete this. And here's why I can't complete this. So you're going to go ahead and give that stoplight report out super quick, super fast. We're just saying in each of these areas, we're red, yellow, and green. And these are why, and then you move on. So that's quick report out. We can do those depending on the action items in 30 minutes, 15 minutes, don't always need one hour. You could also do a project or goal type of report out if you need to do a report out or ask for help. So let's say, for example, I'm stuck on something. I just don't know. I don't know how to you know, move forward. I need my leadership support. What that's going to look like, and I'll share this template as well. Um, you're going to start off with the first section will be headline news. So I call it headline news. And you're going to consider if you had five minutes to say the most important information about the project, what would you say in those five minutes? So get concise. Have your people get concise. In under five minutes, what are the most important things about the project? You want to include any barriers that you're encountering and any decisions or support that's needed from leadership to be successful. So that's step one, our headline news. In five minutes, this is what's going on. These are our barriers. These are the decisions or support that I need to get this moving. Second step on that template. What is new and noteworthy? So what significant accomplishments do you have? Are there any significant failures? Are there any performance changes or anything that has happened since the previous reporting period? So anything new or noteworthy? Action item three, or the step, the third step, is going to be your next actions. Where are you at and where are you going? So what significant activities or milestones do you have planned over? And it could be, you know, depending on the length of the project, over the next couple of weeks, of the next three months, over the next six months, but you want to describe what activities you have. And then what performance changes are expected in the next three months? So it's not enough to just say, I'm going to do these activities. What are you looking at improving over the course of that time? The fourth piece is going to be pain points, our most favorite, right? So what is our pain points around our timeline and our schedule? Is there something that is going to impede that because of our pain points? What are your pain points around your support and your resources? What are your pain points around your scope or your budget? In terms of like the status, you want to just say, what are the reasons that we won't meet these things? What are the interventions that need to happen? What challenges are we having that are making it difficult for us to meet these objectives? And then lastly, step five, you're going to have your SMART goals. So your SMART goals are going to include things that are SMART, right? S stands for specific. What is a specific goal? Is it measurable? That's M and SMART. Is it a measurable? How do you, how are you measuring it? What's the outcome you're measuring? Is it achievable? Is it something that can actually happen or is it realistic? Is it time bound? And then you're going to include a baseline of that data. So this is where we're at today, a target of where you're hoping to get, where are you trying to get, you know, in the, at the end of your goal and then your actual when you, where you are today. So let's say, for example, we want, you know, 70% of our women doing exclusive breastfeeding and Uh, Our baseline is we are at 20% and currently we're at 50%. So you're looking at where you were, where you're at today and how close you are to that goal that you want to get. So that is an example of a project or a goal type of report out. You can do these project report outs in what I just shared with you literally in under 10 minutes and it'll give you the entire status of that project and give you the highlights, right? It's going to tell me where are they experiencing challenges? Where are they stuck on? Let's take a look at the metrics. It's giving you everything that you need in under 10 minutes. So you want to make sure that you 
are using that to help you decide how long to have the meeting for. I have some tips around the timing and duration of the meetings. So some examples might be you might want to have daily meetings to huddle with your assistant, your administrator, or um, somebody that you're working very closely with. You might also want to have daily meetings related to staffing to make sure that you're kind of on top of the staffing, that you have safe ratios, that you're meeting financial goals and whatnot. So that's an example of a daily meeting. Those typically take about 10 to 15 minutes. Weekly, you might want to do team huddles um, or one-to-one. So if you're doing a team huddle, you're going to be discussing any of the pertinent topics. It's going to last maybe 30 to 60 minutes. You're going to want to do one-to-ones with your staff, quick 15-minute check-ins, um, or if they're working on some performance improvement issues that they may have, um, or if you're coaching this individual, you might want to make it about a 30-minute performance improvement meeting with your one-on-ones. You can also do weekly touch points with your potential projects. And using the um, tools or like the stoplight, those can be as short as 15 minutes depending on the project. Monthly meetings that you might want to have are going to include things like reviewing the goals. You might want to have employee reviews, right? So doing an annual review on your employee is not sufficient. You can't catch things in time to help correct the behavior. So you want to meet with them at least monthly to discuss their personal goals, where they're at, how they're functioning. You also might want to have monthly meetings on things that are goal-oriented like quality, finance, um, the larger staffing picture any other type of projects, and maybe for some leadership check-ins. Quarterly meetings, you might want to have goal-setting sessions. So every quarter, we're going to look at where we were, did we get to where we're trying to go, um, and any type of revisions that need to happen to those goals. And then annually, you're going to do your annual meeting with your staff to go over all of the year progress. You might want to do your strat plan meetings, and then you might want to have your nursing retreats or your staff retreats on an annual basis. So that's the time period um, for each of those. When you're doing the strat planning and the goal planning, those tend to not take hours, those tend to take days. So you might wanna look at two to three days when you're performing those annual type of retreats and and meetings. Next is gonna be step six, that right goal. And so the right goal is gonna determine on the meeting purpose. What's the purpose of the meeting? Why are you meeting? Are you meeting just for a report out? Are you meeting to discuss you know, a problem that you're having? What is the, the reason that you're meeting? And then you're going to develop those SMART goals, which I just shared. So those specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. And for the purpose, you want to get clear. So you want to be succinct and specific with your goal. Um, you're, if you're having a meeting, it might, you know, you don't want to say it's, we're just reviewing quality. In that meeting, maybe you're going to say, we're reviewing the quality metrics on falls and happy. So you know exactly what two things are going to be expected that your people are expected to look at. You want to make sure that when you have these types of meetings, I'm going to keep using um, falls and happy as an example, that your people come prepared. They come prepared knowing their data, that they come prepared ready to brainstorm, and that they come prepared ready to close that gap. So You want to make sure that the people that are coming to the meeting are very clear on what their role is uh, and what their expectations are when they come to the meeting. So we've done those rights, the the five rights, and we are now going to move on to some other things to note in terms of your agenda. So for your agenda, and again, we'll have a template for the agenda, you want to make sure you include the title of the agenda. What is that meeting? You want to include the date and the time and the length of that meeting. You want to include the participants. You want to include these two pieces, which are going to be fundamental. 
Who is the meeting leader? The meeting leader is going to be in charge of the strategic pieces of that meeting, including setting goals and the person that's owning results and the person that's going to be reporting out the outcomes of this meeting to whoever it is that the stakeholders are. The meeting facilitator is the other key person. This is going to be somebody who deals with the meeting process. So it could be an administrative assistant, but this person is going to help us prep the agenda, keep time, the notes. They may be the one that send out the reminders and have the scheduling. So those two key people need to be decided in the meeting and need to be very active to make sure that they're owning that meeting. So we have our agenda. Let's talk about some things that need to happen during that meeting. So we're going to, number one, designate a facilitator to help us stay on topic. So we're going to have the meeting facilitator that owns the process, but we also want somebody who, A, is keeping time, making sure we're not going over, and B, making sure we're staying on topic, right? It's so easy for people to go down rabbit holes. And so we want to say, oh, that that's a valid point, and we, are, we need to stay on topic here. Complaining is going to be inevitable. We know it's unproductive, so we want to make sure that we are keeping on track, and we're going to have that facilitator help us do that. You want to make sure the right questions are asked. These should be open-ended questions. There should always be follow-up questions, and there should always be clarification questions. So if there's only one person talking and you're not getting a lot of other feedback from people, that may be a signal either people don't understand or they're bored. There's some reason that they're not engaging, and we want to make sure that people are asking these open-ended follow-up type clarification questions. Next, during the meeting, uh, it's going to be important to manage conflict. So there should be conflict in meetings. That is how we grow. We grow as teams by having conflict, but it should not be disruptive conflict. So there's two types of conflict. We have transformative conflict, which helps challenge each other and helps us grow. And then we have destructive conflict, right? That's the eye rolling. That's the walking out when they're, you know, when they're not agreeing. That's the not showing up, the passive aggressive behavior. So when that happens, The meeting leader and facilitator need to step in and say, you know, I'm recognizing that you're rolling your eyes. That's not conducive to us getting to where we're trying to go versus people having dialogue that really is going to help us grow, right? That's that transformative. Next, in terms of during the meeting, you want to make sure you're celebrating achievements. We don't want to celebrate only when we've met the goal. We want to celebrate those little tiny micro steps, right? So going back to my lactation example, we don't want to only celebrate when we get to that 70% exclusive breastfeeding. We also want to celebrate when we have have had all the nurses trained on the new algorithm, when we have shown that 100% of the nurses are giving this information at discharge, when the lactation nurse is called appropriately each time, right? So these are the lead metrics that are telling us we're eventually going to get to our goal. So don't just celebrate the lag metric, which is the goal. You want to celebrate the lead metrics, which are indicating that we're on the right track as well. Next, you want to make sure that you're clarifying expectations. So what are each person's individual roles on that meeting. What are the objectives of their work? What are the objectives of the meeting? What are their jobs that they need to be doing once the meeting comes to completion? What is the ownership that each person has? A great tool that you can use right after a meeting. So you've had the meeting and right before you wrap up the last five minutes, you're going to ask everybody to do a round table and share where they're at in terms of what action items they need to bring back to the table. So you just kind of go back and Really briefly, we're going to say, okay, I'm in charge of this. You're in charge of that. I'm in charge of this. I'm in charge of that. So everybody really knows and you have it all documented for the note taker and so that everybody's clear on what they need to do. Next, you want to make sure you discuss the meeting no-nos. 
It is not acceptable to be on email and phone. If it is, then you don't need to be at the meeting. So if you're, if you have so little input or so little engagement in that meeting that you can be checking your emails and you can be answering or responding on text, then you, you're wasting your time at that meeting. You really should not be there. So you want to make sure you're telling people no email and phone unless it's an emergency. You want to also say no coming late, right? We don't want you coming in late because of whatever reason. So an important piece to note with that is when you have those hour long meetings, we can't end a meeting at two and be in a new meeting at two unless it's in the exact same room. So end the meetings a few minutes early, end them five to 10 minutes early. If you're going to do an hour long meeting, make sure it you know, goes to the 50 mark instead of the next o'clock mark. So if it, the meeting goes from one to two, instead of one to two, make it one to 150 so they have adequate time to use the restroom and then go to the next meeting. So that's what we have in terms of being able to have a high functioning, high goal oriented, highly productive meeting. Now, those templates that I was sharing with you, the agenda template, the project report out template, you'll be able to find those templates at www.nurseleadernetwork.com forward slash meeting templates. So be sure to go ahead and scoop those up, get a copy of them so that you can start implementing everything that you learned and so that you are well on your way to having meetings that matter. We'll see you next week on Nurse Leader Network.